Welcome back to your recording engineer's favorite podcast, Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. I'm Jason Sieber, the associate conductor of the Kansas City Symphony. And I'm Mike Gordon, principal flute of the Kansas City Symphony. And I'm Stephanie Brimhall, the education manager. So this is our last episode of season two of Beethoven Walks Into a Bar, but it's also the last episode of 2020. Thank God. Which I think (laughs) we can all celebrate. And, you know, thinking about this being our last episode, it, it, it brings me back to the very beginning, how it all got started, when in our very first episode in mid-March of 2020, we were all, you know, excited and, and unafraid to gather in a small office room and around a tiny round table <laughs> and sit, uh, sit across from a fresh-faced audio engineer that was new to us all and uh, record our very first podcast knowing nothing about anything at all. <laughs> but <laughs> we still joining don't know us today, <laughs> we're really excited to have that audio engineer with us. Tim Ooh. Dixon is is joining us today. Welcome, Tim. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having it's me. Tim. You're usually the man, the man behind, behind the, the curtain. curtain. <laughs> oh, wow. In unison. Well done, guys. Nice, nice. Do you guys remember? I just, I'm thinking back as you're saying that, Stephanie, and the four of us in a room close together. Uh, this was, uh, as Tim mentioned, right before we got started today, this was literally the day before the whole world shut down. Uh, so all we were doing at that time was like washing our hands and we didn't even know to stay apart from each other. We were really close around a table and and then you know, within a day, within 24 hours, everything kind of came to a halt. I remember Mike and I uh, recorded a, com- a little ad, so to say, for the Kansas City Symphony about making sure you wash your hands. And at that time, we thought like, oh, this is fun, and this is all going to be done in like two or three weeks once everyone stays home, and nope, not so much. But uh, Tim has been with us this whole time, making us sound as good as possible, uh, which is a hard task to do, <laughs> and we really appreciate all of his great work through uh, both seasons so far of, of Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. Tim, it's awesome to have you here today. Thank you very much, and you have all been absolutely fantastic to work with also. You know, prior to doing this podcast, most of my audio experience was in music production. And there's a theory within that community that even the worst engineer can make a great band sound good. And you guys are that great band. <laughs> you, um, you know, what I do is very small to all the work that goes into, you know, getting these guests coordinated and, you know, writing with the show or talking about. I, I'm just along for the ride and happy I get to take a little bit of credit for it here and there. <laughs> so well, so th- thanks for letting me be a part of it. I remember, uh, you know, that first taping and this was only, oh, maybe a few days after the three of us uh, even found out we were going to do a podcast. And we all kind of went into that room, which seems terribly reckless of us now. No masks, no nothing. You know, we had we had washed our hands, presumably within the same hour. So that seemed like the right precaution to take. And and we sat there and we were like, well, uh, what do we do? And I remember I, so we use a little outline to keep ourselves on track when we do these podcasts. And uh and, you know, we take turns writing them. And I, I had written the first one, and I didn't really have any understanding even of what helpful information we might want at our disposal mm-hmm. while we were recording. So I got all, you know, overachievery and then, you know, pulled together all these program notes about 
different things we were going to talk about and all this stuff. And, and we got there and, and we had even done a prac kind of a practice podcast, just the three of us. We went in an office, you know, the day before and tried to like kind of do it. And it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then we sat down and I had all this wonderfully helpful information in front of us about, you know, names and dates and places and programs and stuff. And I remember a lot of, okay, let's take try that again. Okay, my name is, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> What's my name? <laughs> and and Tim, uh, Tim somehow uh, somehow culled this into a thing that sounded like a podcast to give us just the smallest amount of confidence that maybe we could make a second one. <laughs> Do you know what even added more to the pressure of that first one though was that it was you know I mean we're launching a podcast so there's all obviously you know some some marketing. Um, skill involved in that you know we have to capture you know some video and some photos of it so we can promote and say hey this is what we're doing so right now we're all in our own homes you know in a quiet room nobody else is around and and so there's not an added pressure of anybody like standing over your shoulder but do you guys remember in that first one we had like three different people in the room just like watching and like taking pictures and some taking video and then i know there were a bunch of people outside the door like how are they doing? What are they doing in there? You I know, because it was this. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. It's why. <laughs> but I, I'm not making it up, right? There were people in there. No, with us. yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, there were. Yeah, there sure was. <laughs> now it's just my puppy, and and he doesn't judge. He's just sleeping and waiting for me to feed him again. So speaking of puppies, I know that you know 2020 has been a tough year for everyone, and us included here at Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. But I will say. And I, I know that the three of you will definitely agree with me because we've talked about it many times. This podcast has been a lifesaver for all of us. You know, it's been ups and downs as far as dealing with the virus and being extremely sad that we had to cancel the remainder of our 2019 and 2020 season and then couldn't start this year like we had hoped to. This podcast, seeing the three of you each week has been an overwhelming joy for me. And I, and I, I hopefully it's been for you guys too. And, and really it's, it's been the one thing that's like kept us positive, kept us happy, kept us excited about, you know, everything going on in the orchestral world. And, and uh, hopefully it's been that way for our listeners. If you're listening this far, if you've made it to the end of season two, then <laughs> hopefully we're doing something right. And if you stopped after like episode two in season one, we're really sorry. We're, we're really sorry. <laughs> I feel like we have got, we've aged well, let's say. Yes, we have. <laughs> it's, it's but better. speaking of puppies, I started my sentence speaking of puppies and then I, I digressed. Speaking of puppies, s- several of us got new pets this year, which is mm-hmm. a gr- another great way to deal with uh, all the difficulties of 2020. Stephanie, you got a new puppy. I have a quarantine puppy. Yes, a COVID puppy. Yeah. His name is Grizz, Grizzly Bear. Grizzly Bear. And uh, he's amazing and sweet and is going to weigh 100 pounds. And we're going to oh, learn boy. how to feed him. And, and I'll have to, maybe I'll have to take a, a side job just so I can afford food for him. I don't know. But Mike, <laughs> Mike of all of us, Mike is the surprise one here because Mike got a pet, kind of yes. accidentally or <laughs> well, something. I think I think a pet got us is maybe a better <laughs> a better characterization of what happened. So uh, I don't know. Probably the last well, my wife seems to think it's more like even two years. Uh, this black cat, and there are, there are a few stray cats that live in the woods behind my house and. 
you know, I've sort of interacted with a few of them over the years as they come around. Sometimes they're friendly, sometimes they're not. You know, I don't go after them. I don't usually feed them. But my wife has a real soft spot for cats. So this cute little black cat started coming around and, oh, probably, probably about six, eight months ago. And I told her for her birthday that I thought we should get a cat. And there's this wonderful uh, symphony patron who fosters and raises kittens and wonderful, wonderful woman. And I thought, oh, well, we'll go down to Suzanne's farm and we'll, we'll pick out a cat and it'll be really fun. Well, she started feeding this stray cat that would come in the backyard. And then, you know, with quarantine going on, we didn't get down to Suzanne's to pick a cat. And she was like, oh my God, I don't know how to pick a cat. I've had cats all my life. They always pick me because like she has cats at home, uh, you know, who were strays or rescues that anyway. So somehow I just knew that one day this cat was going to end up living with us. And, (laughs) and we got him an outdoor cat house, Uh, over the summer and he's been living in there and we feed him every day, you know, proper food, just not like, you know, table scraps or something. And unfortunately a couple of times, you know, cause he led a rough life outdoors. He'd get into fights with other cats and animals. He'd come back every now and then and have a bite or a scratch on him. Uh, One time he had a pretty bad bite actually that we were worried about, but it healed. Uh, And then just exactly a week ago, he came back. Uh, he lives, his house is up on our deck. And he was having trouble coming up the stairs. He had this limp, and we were real worried about him. A few days went by. And at this point, he was friendly enough. You know, we could hold him all the time and play with him and stuff. And uh, we said, all right, maybe we should scoop him up and take him to the vet. So uh, we got a crate, and then we had to be real careful about how we scooped him up, because as soon as he got wise to something going on, he would just run off into the woods, and we wouldn't see him for two days. <laughs> so I was like, you know, hey, and we call him BK, by the way. His name is BK, which stands for Black Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Not Burger King. As his official, it's his official name. It's in his medical records now. And so we scooped him up, we stuffed him in the crate, and then, you know, took him to the vet. And fortunately, he got... Clean bill of health. He just injured his hip a little bit, but no broken bones or anything. They gave him a shot, and they gave us uh, some medicine to give him. So, like, how do you give a cat medicine every 12 hours when you have no idea when he's going to be around? So we thought, oh, maybe we should try to keep him inside. So now he's now he's inside. Now he's world official indoor pet. He's got a litter box and all the... All the kit. Nice, nice. What a lucky kitty. He's he's a good boy. He's been, I was a little worried, and you know, an outdoor cat, what would happen in the house? Would he just like tear the walls down? He's been very well behaved. He's very sweet. He's a little freaked out at first, understandably, but uh, he's good. (laughs) No, not for me. Uh, No? Yeah. As most of you know, my day job outside of this podcast is working for a wine and spirits distributor. And with the COVID-19 pandemic, we've been busier than ever. So I haven't had the shelter in place all year experience that many people have had. So um, the traditional new skills, new pets, <laughs> new hobbies, hasn't really. <laughs> you can it. get a Chia pet at least. Right. Get a Chia pet. <laughs> can I just say how appropriate it is that the 
engineer for the Beethoven Walks Into a Bar podcast works at an alcohol and spirits distributor. Is that just so serendipitous? We saw that in his resume. (laughs) (laughs) We saw that was like the first line of his resume. It said, Tim Dixon, I work in a spirits and wines uh, distributor place. (laughs) So we're like, he's hired. Done. (laughs) Well, guys, it's also been another opportunity through all this has been a time to spend at home, of course, except for Tim who's been busy at work. It's been a time to be at home with our spouses, our children, um, learning new skills, kitties, dogs. (laughs) It's been great to connect with the people and the creatures that we love so much. Um, And also learning some new skills. Uh, Mike, especially, you've kind of ventured into Tim's world with some of the stuff you've been doing this year. Tell us a little bit about all the, the incredible movies and uh videos and various things you've created um wow well thank you that's uh definitely giving me too much credit but um (laughs) you know when we uh well we had to quit playing in march you know i just kind of immediately felt this void and I i had never had any interest in doing video or audio recording of any sort uh but i started doing it i remember the first time i went to record something i didn't even have a way of like positioning my iPhone such that I could take a halfway decent video of myself. And I like ran around the house and finally uh, discovered that I could use the the thing that holds my phone to my bike. When I go biking, I was able to use that and attach it to a coat rack in the living room. <laughs> and that's, that's how I uh, put my iPhone up in the living room and take video. But, but yeah, I have gotten um, way into it and it's been a, a, Incredible blessing, actually, um, because number one, it's just kind of kept me occupied and kept me productive. Um, and now that I know how to do it, I've discovered practically infinite applications uh, <laughs> for this skill set. So it's uh, it's been pretty fun, and I've made some some really useful stuff and some kind of wacky stuff. <laughs> it's all been awesome, right? Well, and, and that speaks a lot to what this pandemic has done for, I think, most of the world is that it kind of fueled this, you know, long known theory that necessity is the mother of invention. Um, mm. You know, myself somewhat in particular, I do not consider myself the most tech savvy individual, which is shocking being the engineer <laughs> of the group. <laughs> but um, I know so many friends and family members who feel even farther down that ladder and they force themselves to adapt with the way things are going just to kind of keep moving and um, individuals sure but even uh, the symphony itself I mean hats off to the organization for realizing really early you know how important digital content creation was going to be during this I mean as we mentioned earlier in the show this got started before things were really different mm-hmm. and um, there obviously there's lots of terrible things about this year and a lot of people who have been in very tough spots, but hopefully uh, silver lining, uh, this kind of helps us unite and, you know, think a little bit more on our feet as a society um, for, for things just like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the or- orchestra world has changed a lot, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. And we're going to talk about the way the Kansas city symphony has adapted to everything. We've done a lot of amazing things, I think, and continue to do amazing things, which we'll, like I said, we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, I've said uh, we all have really in various contexts over the course of uh, the year doing these podcasts, um, you know, 
not only how many things have changed, but I think how, in a way, we're optimistic for what's going to come in the future as a result of this, in, in a very positive way uh, for for music, for our our industry, uh, you know, for for everyone who um, plays music. Because uh, one of the things that I think we all discovered um, as organizations, as individuals, uh, we were completely caught with our pants down when this um, this venue that we've taken for granted, not for decades, but for centuries, uh, was suddenly taken away. No one could imagine that that would ever happen. Right. Um, and certainly in other genres of music have been quicker and more adaptable to other forms of uh, performance and other forms of, you know, recording and sharing music. But, you know, as individuals, we really um, lack the capacity to do this at all uh, for the most part. And as organizations, that was largely true as well. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about, about how we move forward. And I think we've also, um, in a new way, learned the value of people like Tim, who do what he does, because, you know, as much as I say, I've, you know, just sort of picked this up and learned to do some stuff. There's a, there's a whole other level and those skills have never been more valuable. Well, I think too, you know, talking about evolving and, and I think we'll probably talk more about this as we get into season three with some of our early guests on season three is, you know, when we're in a comfortable place and you're doing well and things are all going right. And, and you know, I mean, the Kansas City Symphony has been, you know, kind of at the top of that level for a while, you know, um, artistically, financially, you know, like everything's just kind of been clicking. And, and all of a sudden, when something like this wrench just gets thrown at you, Sometimes, and I'm not saying it it should be or needs to be a worldwide pandemic, but sometimes it takes a kick in the butt like that to like force you to make those changes. You know, you're not you're not necessarily going to say we need to, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it is, you know, a great motto. But sometimes, you know, you have to make that change. And I think this probably has changed the view of a lot of people is we have to think more forward about you know, how we approach things and how we do things so that we can you know, beat it to the punch. Right, Stephanie. And one of those things, actually, too, besides just adapting during the pandemic and thinking about the future of orchestras and how we can better serve our communities, another major topic of discussion in many of our uh, episodes this year was about equality. Mm -hmm. uh, another major issue this year in 2020 that the whole world embraced and is is learning from and dealing with and learning how to pave the way for the future to create more diversity, more equality. And the same can be said in the orchestral world, both through the musicians that we see on stage, the audition process, which we talked about in several episodes, but also uh, programming. And um, one thing that I have noticed right away that the Kansas City Symphony has done and many orchestras have done is taken a real step back and looked at creating more diversity in programming and making sure that all composers' voices are heard. And with our musicians who programmed their own concerts on the Mobile Music Box series, and now with these concerts that we're going to be launching starting in January, um, I'm so excited to look down the list of programming and see so many more composers of color, so many more women composers. Uh, and so... These are things that, yes, we've adapted, and these are things that needed to happen, but I'm not sure if they would have happened as effectively 
if we were just going about business as usual, because mm -hmm. we're so busy in the orchestral world, just trying to keep up week to week, month to month, that there isn't often time to really take a step back and look at yourself honestly. And I think that that's been a real blessing of 2020 is that orchestras have been able to look at many of these things and say, how can we be better in the future? And to see those changes already implemented right now as we're still dealing with the pandemic has been really inspiring for me. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I would love, uh, we're going to you know certainly talk about this more uh, as we go forward into next year, but I'd, I'd love to just take a minute and and look at what's, you know, what's coming for us, because I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, one of the things that people might not think about is that it's actually hard to do new things as an orchestra, because people, uh, people develop expectations uh, of, you know, certain concerts, certain pieces, certain types of programming coming all the time. Uh, we plan, you know, years in advance, normally, um, the fact that you know, what we're about to do was planned just in the last, you know, month or two is totally unprecedented for us. Um, so, you know, we're always trying to work in new things, but there's a lot of complex machinery that goes into it, actually. And literally, uh, literally. Um, <laughs> and, and now because we've been, you know, forced into this position of basically reinventing overnight how we perform and how we deliver music to the community. Like Jason said, we really have had an opportunity to explore a lot of new things uh, because we've been forced to. And and we're visiting composers uh, whom we haven't before. We're also exploring a whole a whole new genre of repertoire uh, for small orchestra, for strings, uh, concertos that we haven't played uh it's i mean it's it's really exciting to see uh what's coming because you know maybe one or two of those pieces might appear occasionally here or there but to do you know everything we're going to be doing in the next you know three four five months uh, all in one season is actually very very special and unique uh in a good way for the for the Kansas City Symphony. So I'm really I'm really excited about that and we'll be talking about that a lot more as we go into the uh into the winter and spring. Well, getting back to our 2020 podcast season. So looking back at at all of the things that we've done and all of the wonderful guests that we've been able to have with us on the podcast, thanks to Tim's magical uh <laughs> producing abilities. We've been able to have some um, wonderful guests join us via Zoom and uh, be able to learn about all sorts of different um, artists and musicians. And lots of those actually came from our symphony family here um, with the orchestra. And I don't know about you guys, but one of the things that I have enjoyed most about this podcast is all of the the stuff that I've learned about our colleagues here in Kansas City that I would never have learned just, you know, sitting and watching a rehearsal or, you know, sitting in on a, on a performance or something like that. You know, um, I, I've learned that, for example, Shannon Finney, Mike's uh, <laughs> neighbor in the flute section, Shannon and I have a love of cooking and we share that. And we've actually shared several recipes um, since airing that podcast. And, you know, that's, that's something that would have never come up before, or, you know, it, it would not as easily come up backstage before a performance. Right. It's been really cool to get to know our musicians and staff in that way. Stephanie, I totally agree. And not only learn about them, but learn more about their instruments, especially if mm -hmm. it's an instrument like tuba, when we talked with Joe, 
or I especially remember talking with Jan about the organ. I mean, I learned so many things about the organ in that episode, including specific details about our organ in Hellsberg Hall, uh, even the the harp with Catherine. I mean, these are instruments that maybe we as as musicians ourselves or our audience listening at home, you know, these are instruments that we don't necessarily know a lot about. And I think that was fascinating to learn not only about them, but about these great instruments of the orchestra too. And and I've really enjoyed uh, all of our guests. I especially have enjoyed some of our um, guests from outside of Kansas City as well, like Caroline Shaw. That was a fascinating discussion, talking with her about her Pulitzer Prize and her great piece Partita for Eight Voices and, and Herman Mahari and just talking mm-hmm. about the differences between jazz and classical. I mean, we've had some really cool guests on and some really interesting topics to discuss with them. You know, that chat with Caroline, and I think as as the four of us, we've talked a lot about how much we all enjoyed that conversation with Caroline and just getting to know her and, and seeing like, you know, an inside look into um, the composer. But um, Jason, you know this, uh, we've set up several um, opportunities for Girl Scouts, both mm-hmm. locally here in Kansas City and also nationally to... Um, we've set up these zoom meetings uh, with the girl scouts where the girls can earn their junior musician badge by through this, this zoom session with, with us at the symphony. And it's featured um, uh, myself and Jason has given some conducting lessons. And then we've, mm-hmm. we've all had a, um, a female uh, musician from the orchestra to represent, you know, girl power. And, you know, this is look at the things that you could do. But speaking of Caroline, um, one of the things we do in this Zoom session is we introduce the girls to composers. That's one of the components of earning their badge. And so we've incorporated three women composers because why should we only talk about Beethoven and Bach? You know, there are incredible female composers out there. And Caroline um, is at the top of that list. And what I love after we play these these three pieces, what I love about it is that the girls weigh in on you know, what they think about it and, you know, if they like it, if they don't like it, what do they like? You know, what don't they like? And Caroline's music, I feel like is the most, um, becomes the most conversational. Like there's the most room in that discussion for, you know, like it sparks actual conversations among the girls in these sessions. And I think that's really cool. You know, when you're talking about nine and 10 year old girls listening to music that, you know, that you don't necessarily hear on 99 seven the point. <laughs> right. right. And hopefully we're inspiring a whole new generation of, of conductors and composers among right. those girls. Right. It's been really fun to do those. Mike, what have been some of your favorite moments from this first two seasons? Well, you know, the thing that strikes me as I'm, we, so, you know, we have a list of our guests in front of us just to help us remember. And I'm looking back at, at this really big list of people. And first of all, I just think, wow, we talked to all those people. That's amazing. Hmm. Um, and, and number two is, you know, for myself, selfishly, a lot of the guests that we've had are people who have had some connection with us in the past. They've performed with us as soloists or on children's concerts or, you know, in any number of capacities. And unfortunately, you know, as the flute player, I sit in the back of the band and these people are, you know, 
halfway to the parking lot or in their dressing room getting changed uh, by the time I'm off stage and I never get within six feet of them to even say, hey, I really loved, you know, you being here this week or whatever. Um, so actually getting to talk to some of these people was really, really special. I mean, especially like, you know, Tim Donnelly from uh, yes. The oh, Resilient. Yeah. What an unbelievable uh, story and um uh, you know, Brian Busby uh, is a person who's worked with us so many times and is such a figure in Kansas City. You know, talking to him was just a blast. Herman, of course. Uh, I mean, and many, many, many others. Even, you know, Kim Jackson, who is the, the president of the symphony uh, chorus. Kim you know, Gear. Kim Gear. Kim Gear. Yeah. Yes. Thank yes. you. Uh, someone, you know, with whom I've performed, I don't even know how many times for how many years and never really had the opportunity to, uh, to just, you know, sit and communicate with her. So that has been really, really special to, to have a, a better, um, a better understanding and a better connection with people who are so much a part of, of what we do at the Kansas city symphony. Do you know what I love too about, um, you know, having these conversations with guests that, you know, me as the education manager, I, you know, would rarely have an opportunity to, you know, sit down and have like a one-on-one conversation with these artists. But, um, you know, you mentioned Tim Donnelly and so many of our guests at the end of the recording, you know, we we turn off the mics and, you know, we're still sitting through the Zooms. And like, I, I feel like with Tim Donnelly, we could have talked to him for another two hours. Just, you know, like there was yeah. just like a, a camaraderie there. And like, for real, when we said this in, you know, when we were just chatting on Zoom, you know, hey, the next time you're in Kansas City, let's go get a drink. And we really meant it. You know, like, I really yeah. want to go sit and have a beer with Tim Donnelly. And I really want to hang out with Kim Gear. Like, you know, these these conversations that we're having, and I want to drink natural wine with uh, Herman Mahari. Like, <laughs> Redneck know. margaritas with Kim, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but like, I, I think that's the cool thing that's come out of it is, I don't, maybe maybe you all wouldn't guess this, or maybe you would, but like, I, I am a true introvert. Um, I would much rather be in my home not talking to anybody <laughs> than <laughs> um, just naturally but like, I think that's, this is kind of like brought out this side, like, you know, having these conversations with people, I really want to go out and I want to sit down and I want to have a drink with a lot of these guests. This is so beautiful. This, I totally agree. This is <laughs> where I really, really totally agree. But um, there, besides all the, the heartfelt emotional stuff, there's also <laughs> been some funny moments, especially when the uh, mics are turned <laughs> off. And Tim, I, I hope that you can share with us if you can remember uh, and keep it PG, please, because this is Beethoven walks into a bar. Um, but maybe PG thirteen because of the bar aspect. But do you remember any funny moments that we that you had to edit out, perhaps, because we were being a little too uh, whatever? Or uh, some of those conversations we had afterwards that unfortunately didn't make the actual uh, episode. Well, there, there's certainly a lot of them, and uh, many of them cannot be spoken of. <laughs> Uh, probably. Uh, however, I will say, uh, Kansas City's own Brian Busby, uh, incredible Eric Cartman impression from South Park. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I, I might have saved a small recording of that and put it in my personal Ooh, archives for nice. <laughs> to, to, re- to revisit. Just uh, to make you smile. To come. Right. Yeah. Um, but going back to some of the favorite episodes throughout some of this, clearly they've all been fascinating whether or not they've been 
through uh, people who are involved more on the you know social uh, aspects, whether it's uh, you know Lee Lynch or um, Selena Hernandez from the Harmony Project. Uh, for me, though, the ones that have been really great are the ones that really enhance the overall symphony experience for me. Being an outsider before all this to oh, yeah. what the symphony is, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have seen a few performances in Hellsberg Hall before, you know, this time started. And I, I know that now when I get a chance to go back, I'm going to have such a deeper appreciation for, well, A, the internal operations that are required to, you know, make these performances happen, whether it's, you know, knowing that Dave Tebow is behind the stage making things happen, uh, the episodes with, with Justin about, you know, the audition process, things like that. But even more so, this has given me and hopefully everybody else who's listened to this an opportunity to get to know all the musicians on stage, not just from an internal, oh, we know things about each other standpoint, but I actually know who these people are, where unfortunately for me, I didn't, before I went to the symphony, I didn't look at the bios for every member and try sure. to learn about them. And now I know a whole lot about them. And it's going to it's gonna feel more like I'm watching my friends play <laughs> than mm. just the Kansas City Symphony. So hopefully that is not just isolated to me. Hopefully every listener and supporter of the podcast is going to feel that way. And looking forward to actually getting to put that into practice, hopefully sometime next year with some live performances. Hmm. Well, one, one of the things that I think you contribute so much to to what we've done here is that, you know, of, of the four of us, you're the one that's not day to day constantly, you know, in this crazy Kansas city symphony world that we live in. So, you know, you really help us, I think, focus on what is interesting uh, mm -hmm. to people who, who don't work for the Kansas city symphony for a living. And, you know, you're of course, uh, as we've mentioned, uh, a lover of music and you certainly have an interest in what we do, but I think, I think that perspective uh, has been really, really helpful to us in just planning our shows and the way you've edited it. And um, I think the the feedback uh, that's been so great that we've gotten back from listeners is is largely because of that. Um, but I, I also want you to talk about another really important function that you serve, because, you know, the way this works is usually one of the three of us will reach out to a guest uh, for any given week and we'll say, hey, do you want to be on the show? And they say, yes. And we set a date. And they're like, great. Here's Tim. He's going to tell you how we actually make this thing. And so, <laughs> so Tim, uh, Tim has been amazing because he, he uh, interacts, you know, mostly through email. And I suppose maybe you have a phone call or something occasionally um, with these guests who we just, we just throw them in the deep end. We're like, Tim, here's so-and-so go deal with them, you know, help them figure out how to, how to record this thing. And sometimes, you know, there are people, uh, particularly the composers, I think I've found, you know, they're pretty used to dealing with recording equipment of one sort or another, but then, you know, there are other folks who are like, well, I have a phone. I don't quite know how to work it. That's pretty much me when uh, we started I, this, by the way. Do the headphones go over my ears or where do I put them? <laughs> and uh, Tim, but you should you should feel free to share uh, some you know funny stories, uh, make them as anonymous as uh, needed. But I know that we've had a couple of of humorous things happen along the way, just trying to help our guests understand how to record this thing. And he is so gracious, Tim, and uh, so incredibly organized and efficient at shepherding people who don't necessarily know how to work recording equipment. 
Well, and I'm just going to say before Tim jumps in that, Tim, you have absolutely have my permission to throw me under the bus. <laughs> I've made you work real hard a couple of times. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we've Here had our own challenges a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you, this as complicated as this has been, it has surprisingly enough gone in very, very, very smoothly. Just to kind of give the backstory to the listeners, essentially we are all on a Zoom call right now and everybody has their own personal isolated recorder and I will synchronize and edit those uh, files together to be released to what you're listening to now. One of the crazy challenges of doing this is I don't know how the taping is going until after it's done in a traditional recording environment where we're in a a studio and I'm listening to everybody on headphones and hearing exactly what they sound like is not a luxury we have when we do it this way during this pandemic. And most people are doing these at their home in the middle of the day. And there's generally some sort of lawn care service nearby. (laughs) Um, um, Dogs barking. Dogs barking. And, you know, there's just, uh, obviously there's just nothing we could do about it. And hopefully our listeners have put up with it because they understand, hey, we're all in this together and we're working at a home. Well, guys, uh, before we end here today, this uh, little review of 2020 and looking ahead to 2021, maybe it'd be fun for us just to kind of think real quick about how the Kansas City Symphony has adapted during this time. I mean, obviously, we have this podcast, and we have done some other uh, stuff along those lines, but we've really tried to do everything in our power to keep serving the Kansas City community and keep bringing them music. So let's just quickly throw out some of the ways that the Kansas City Symphony has has adjusted to coronavirus and um, some of the creative ways we've come up to keep serving the KC community. So I, I want to jump in and uh, throw a big shout out to the mobile music box uh, series. Yes. Which has, um, I, I have gone to a couple of those performances myself and it is remarkable to watch, to sit in a parking lot on a camp chair, have a beer or a beverage of your choice and just sit there and listen. Yeah, for sure. Stephanie, how many, you've been a big part of the planning of all the mobile mo- music box series along with some of the rest of our staff. Do you know how many concerts we've done so far, approximately? I think it's over a hundred. Um, wow! Yeah, it just in um, from September through December. Um, yeah, and I think that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. And absolutely, Tim, we, it's definitely um, in the plans to continue, not just in the spring and summer, but um, for seasons beyond. Um, you know, it was, you know, obviously an investment financially, but I think you know that's an investment that the symphony is making in the community um, is, Mm. uh, you know, being able to do these performances everywhere. And, you know, I'm especially excited to see how we can use it educationally. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, you see it just rolling up to a school parking lot, you know, in the the middle of the day and bringing kids out, you know, their classroom for half an hour. I, I'm saying that and I haven't vetted that with anyone, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah. I think that there's, there are a lot of different uses and I think that'll be exciting. Yeah, that's a good, it's like a food truck pulling up, but you exactly. don't have to pay anything and you get great entertainment. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, what do you think? What are, what are some other things we've done this year? I, I mean, I, I too, I love the, the mobile music box concerts. I mean, I think one of the best things about it, um, in much the same way that the, 
the happy hour concerts, our free chamber music series did, you know, it gave, it gave the musicians uh, quite a bit more um, uh, autonomy over, you know, what kind of music that we wanted to share and, you know, how we present it, uh, you know, even just being able to talk to our audience, you know, usually, you know, Stephanie and Jason are the ones doing the talking and I'm, you know, sitting in the back of the car playing the flute. Um, but, you know, <laughs> being able to actually, you know, have an even deeper interaction with our audience that way it was really special um i think you know a lot of the stuff that is coming up is really mm -hmm. exciting uh having these these streamed performances and we've you know the rate of experimentation for me is also something that's really exciting we had a whole series over the summer of streamed uh solo recitals from mm -hmm. our musicians uh our musicians have been putting you know stuff on the web just spontaneously you know of their own uh we've you know we talked uh to uh dave and fabrice about their advent calendar i mean all mm -hmm. the ideation going on you know mm -hmm. it's it's actually um creatively i think one of the most vibrant times ever for the symphony because it has to be and that's that's pretty cool. Totally agree, Mike. And the porch concerts, if we think way back to the summer yep. when the weather was yep. nice, many musicians were giving concerts on their porch for their neighbors. Um, and another thing that we've done uh, are the weekly um, performances on 91.9 Classical KC, archives of previous performances that our music director, Michael Stern, has put together. There's been some really great weeks of that with uh, different topics like Fantasias or concertos or various other things. That's been a great way to keep engaging our listeners as well. But Mike, you mentioned um, the series coming up starting in January. From January through March, every uh, two weeks, every month, we're going to be recording uh, mostly string repertoire, uh, but we're going to gradually add in winds and brass as well. And these will be for our um classical subscribers, there, and there will also be a digital subscription because some of those concerts will be streamed and some of them will have very small audiences, socially distanced, wearing masks. We're just so excited to be back in Hellsberg Hall making music for people as an orchestra again, too. We just actually recorded a couple weeks, one with Michael and a holiday week with me. And at the time of uh, that this episode comes out, you can go to our website, actually, kcsymphony.org, and check out uh, some of the holiday content that we have recorded. It's under a, a section called Sounds of the Season, and you can also find it on the KC Symphony Facebook page. Sorry, sorry, small shameless plug there for some of the things we've been doing lately. Not shameless at all. It's awesome. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about what's happening with the season next year, but you guys, we haven't been canceled yet. There's a podcast season. Season three yes. is coming up. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing that we've made it three seasons and no one's canceled. Well, they could cancel us over the break. You never know. Sometimes well, that happens with TV series. It's like, oh, we're going to do season three. And then you find out on your break. Well, actually, you're not. <laughs> we better get busy <laughs> recording those episodes. Then. <laughs> right after this, we're going to just stay on and keep going. Just get started. There you go. But so we're going to be back the um, week of January 18th with season mm -hmm. three of Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. And our very first guest of season three is our executive director, Danny Beckley. We're excited he's going to yes. be um, joining us. This podcast was actually his brainchild. So, uh, yes, we was. know, we all owe him a big thank you. 100%. <laughs> yes. But I'm excited to talk with Danny. Um, you know, there, there are so many things uh, that we have to talk with Danny about, um, from all of the exciting stuff coming up to, 
you know, he's he's still very new in this job. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really interested to hear about what brought him here. And, you know, it's been a it's been an interesting first, what is it, a year and a half for him? Uh, yeah, what a way point. to start a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's done a great job and, and it's going to be exciting talking to him about all the things that we have accomplished and all the things that are coming up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We're also excited to have a few more of our symphony guests on the docket early in the season um, mm-hmm. with our principal trumpet, Julian Kaplan, and mm-hmm. um, associate principal, second violinist, Christy Velliser is going to join us as well. Yes. Um, so we're excited about that. We have a lot of stuff cooking um, for further on in season three. And, you know, I'm just excited to see where it goes. Me too. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Well, Tim, thank you for joining us today. It was awesome talking with you, and I'm glad our listeners finally got to uh, hear from the man behind the curtain, the man that makes all the magic happen. Well, thank you very much for having me. (laughs) It sounds like we're wrapping this up. Do we not get to ask me what my drink of choice or what (gasps) our last Beethoven is? Tim, yes! I'm dreaming of this for a year. (laughs) Oh, geez. Okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. Well, my answer better be good now that I've... Tim. Listen, you work in a you work in a, an alcohol and spirits distributor. Like your answer better be top notch, yes, top yes, shelf. Yes. All right, Tim. I hope it's not Jägermeister. What is your beverage of choice? So uh, I, I am an equal opportunity drinker, as yes. you all know. Um, however, if I had to pick a favorite drink, if I were to go to a bar, I'm generally going to order a horse feather, which <gasps> is. What is that? Um, well, it, it's uh, traditionally with rye whiskey, but it's mm-hmm. easily substituted with bourbon or other whiskeys uh, with uh, ginger beer and a little bit of lime. It's essentially a Moscow mule, but uh, whiskey instead of vodka. But it's a delicious, delicious drink. Uh, r- really, all mules in general are uh, yeah. fantastic. For I'm going to write anyway. this down right now. Horse it's a good drink. I've feather. had many horse feathers in my day. Uh, also, it's also known as the Kentucky mule. In- yes, sir. In Kentucky, yeah. Great drink. And what would you ask Beethoven if you were sharing a horse feather or 10 with him? Well, you know, assuming that I'm having this conversation with him in modern times, Mm -hmm. when you look back at, you know, classical music, which obviously there's a lot more music now than there was then. You know, there was only, he he had, uh, comparatively speaking, very few things to influence him. Um, in today's age, when he has created so much influence on so many different, you know, projects, whether it's classical, whether it's pop, whether it's heavy metal, no matter what it is, I'd be interested to hear what are you hearing now that influences you? What's that next level for Beethoven in this modern time? And I would just be absolutely fascinating to hear that. I like that question. That would be cool. What do you think his answer would be? What do you think he would be inspired by now? <laughs> I, I put know. you on the spot. Backstreet <laughs> yeah. Boys. You're yeah. like, I, I wasn't a tool. I don't Backstreet know. Boys tool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, once again, Tim, uh, thank you for uh, joining us today. And I'm sorry that we almost forgot the two most important questions. Oh, it's of the quite day. all right. We'll, we'll never do that again. <laughs> but if we would have forgotten them, you could have found a way to edit them in. So that's I good. That's good. I We're would've. in good hands. We're in good hands. Well, we have officially come to the finale of the season finale for season two. And it has been a wonderful season once again. Guys, I have, like I said earlier, this has been the joy of my life to do this with the three of you every week. And I greatly look forward to season three. 
A big uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays to the three of you and to all of our listeners. I hope everyone out there stays very safe during this holiday season. Absolutely. Happy holidays, you guys, all from the Brim Halls here, Grizzly Bear, Stephanie, Dave, Ethan, June. Happy holidays. Well, uh, BK and uh, my wife and everyone at the Kansas City Symphony, including (laughs) myself, uh, want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday. And we can't wait to see you for more Beethoven Walks Into a Bar in 2021. 